thegiantkiller.co and the By George Podcasting Network present the By George Podcast with Brian Lawrence and Chris Jones. The original George Mason basketball podcast. They're on their feet. Here, Hancock. Oh! <laughs> Off the top of the backboard, no. Loose, Hancock, front court, Morrison. One Mason, point, George Mason. Chris, man, that last episode of the Kim English talk with us was insane. We learned so much information. Saquon's the point guard. Uh, we got to find out what people's names actually are. We got to <laughs> dive into each player, each new guy, one by one, and get a very what I call to be in-depth uh, analysis of who they are, why they were targeted, where they fit. Um, super op- open discussion uh, with Coach English. And Jones, like, this is episode two. Talk yeah. with us. What are you trying to get answered today? Like, what did you leave last episode thinking, man? The next time we talk to Coach English, we got to find out. Well, so it's like last episode, we got to hear about the new guys. We got to uh, sort of get an idea of what their game's like, what they may bring to this team. But, you know, we're now towards the midway to the end of the summer. And we've actually gotten to see some of these guys play in Kenner League. We've gotten to see them, you know, uh, arrive back to campus and go through some practices. Um, I think, you know, I really want to dig into what's been going on this summer, uh, you know, dive into sort of what we've seen from, from some of the players and what they've been doing this summer uh, with their conditioning, Kenner League, um, and then I also want, I want to know, like, from the coaches, I, I know that there was a massive tournament, uh, the Peach Jam um, tournament. I, like, I want to get insight on that. Um, I, I kind of want to know about uh, the existing players and, and the, the returning ones, specifically Josh Oduro um, coming into his senior year. This is going to be a huge year for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of want to get into all of that. But, but, yeah, last episode was fantastic. Like, we, we got to learn about guys that we had yet to see really before. And um, I think it, it shed some light on guys that um, we otherwise, you know, we would have had to wait till October to find out about. So, And there's no better time than right now. Let's welcome in Kim English to the Talk With Us podcast, episode two. Coach English, thanks again for giving us your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Uh, love talking Mason Hoops uh, with you guys and appreciate you know, all you do for the program and kicking out great content to our uh, to our fans. So we've had guys that practice recently and we had a guy that came to the, the George Mason experience, all glowing reviews. Uh, yeah. they, 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 they were like made us jealous that, that we weren't there. Um, I'm out of town. Chris lives out of town. So uh, we're definitely going to make sure we make that next one. So if you're listening to this and you missed it and you're feeling like you should have been there, well, you probably should have been there. So glowing reviews from that. And then a lot of great stuff we got to hear about from practice as well. Um, but we want to hop right into it with you. Uh, we know you love recruiting. Um, our, our guy, David, has kind of been following the recruiting trail all summer long, um, was, was watching all the games, cutting up video, posting a lot. But there's no better source than the head coach. Uh, and so we want to kind of hear about your experience. What are your goals when you, when you get on that plane you know, what are the notes you're taking? Like, what are you looking to attack while you're at one of these tournaments? And just kind of talk about the feeling of the tournaments themselves. You know, you're, you're seeing 
pretty high level basketball at that age group. So we're just kind of curious what like a head coach like you is looking for entering that weekend. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's it's um, it's 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 some evaluating still going on. But at this point in the season, in the summer, you, you know, the guys you want, um, you know, they're ranked, they're tiered in your on your board, in your offices. And now it's time to go get them, get them done, make sure you're visible at their game. So that takes a lot of time and uh, coordination and travel. Being, being all over the country um, this past weekend, well, the last weekend, it was Virginia Beach, Chicago, Los Angeles, um, uh, obviously Augusta, Georgia. Um, and uh, it was it was it was very good. It was great basketball. We spent a lot of time at Peach Jam. Um, a good chunk of our guys are there. We've, I mean, and again, we have really important targets at all three of, of all in all three of the sneaker events adidas under armor and nike um but at peach jam especially it was really cool the guys were targeting evaluating um and recruiting in um a lot of the championship games and the semifinal and championship games at peach jam on saturday and peach jam saturday night is it's it's a, it's a really really good au um basketball summer basketball grass roots venue uh it's center stage it's their ncaa uh a tournament you see a baltimore team won in chicago and our coaches were there at the end for the championship and um you know coach felton said it was as good of a celebration as he's ever seen in all of his years watching summer basketball when a uh when, when the baltimore teams won the 16 under and seven under um divisions at under Armour. yeah and so you're 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 effectively just rubbing elbows with a ton of high major um you know just big name coaches all across the board uh you know you're you're you know evaluating some of the same talent um you know sometimes you're there to see other guys but you know are you ever um you know tipping your hand or are you ever you know getting deep into uh, you know, players with other coaches and are you worried that, you know, you might sort of, um, you know, sort of signal like a red flag or not a red flag, but are, are you ever worried that, you know, other coaches may get interested, I guess, in some of the guys that you're interested in? I mean, I'm not worried about it. You don't want to uh, have more competition than is necessary. Um, it's the nature of it. We're, we're, we're recruiting really good players and, um, we expect them to play well. And if their recruitment uh, grows and, you know, ex and, and, you know, I guess expands rather, that's good for them. That's, 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 that's good for them. Um, I had a coach a long time say, say we're going to get who we're supposed to get. We're going to get who we're supposed to get. So we had a, a local kid who, you know, we were in on early and he had a great high school season and a great spring, really a great spring. And he, exploded and now he's getting blue blood recruitment um that's kind of our mark where we'll bow out is if it gets to blue blood recruitment um right. I, I feel good about our cell against any program in america um but we probably can't beat duke kentucky and ucla that, yeah. that that's kind of our point when we'll bow out in a recruiting battle and i think we know who we're talking about uh you know, in respect to that specific group, but um, 
And, and so when, when you are going there, though, to, to, you know, evaluate a player, you know, do the actual end results from the tournament really matter to you? You know, if a kid puts up, you know, a bad game, bad stat line, or, or you know, do you want to just see him doing the right things, showing you the right tools? You know, what, 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 what's, I guess, most important, you know, after a tournament that you want to see from a kid? Or do you just want to see their t- team win? Like, is he a part of a winning team? Yeah, you know, again, at this point of the season in the summer, the evaluation for the most part is done. Some kids are still being evaluated and a good game can help them and a bad game could hurt them. But for the most part of the guys that we um, have evaluated and really identified as these are the guys that we want, you know, whatever tier it may be, A, B or C, um, it's 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 the body of work that it's most important you know a good game a bad game a win a loss doesn't change much um you know we just want to be there for them you know and the, the, it's 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 what's really cool about our business um and it it, it end up it, it will end up helping on the flip side um when it's time to recruit out of the portal we just build relationships with them you know, so kid that I we've been recruiting for a couple of years, like if he goes somewhere else, I don't automatically hate him. <laughs> right. You know, I've, I've built a relationship with him two years and we talk about a million things outside of, um, you know, sports. So when they see something, George Mason on social media, yeah, they'll them or their parents will still hit me up. Um you know, and I'm not recruiting them anymore, but it's a real relationship that that that's built. Um, you know, so when they're in those moments and planning those championship games, I'm absolutely rooting for them to win it. You know, and we're we're talking about things their team did or things the opponent did, or you know, did you see LeBron and Carmelo at the game? You know, it, it was, you know, so it's it's really organic, um, or at least it is with us. And will you meet them and their families directly? Like, do you have allocated time before you get there? How does how does how does that work? No, you can't have any in person contact um, during those eval eval periods when we're off campus recruiting. Um, all the in person stuff in the summer has to be them coming to our campus. Um, and then I think the date is September 9th this year or around early September is when we can go on the road and we can go see them in their homes if they're a senior on camp on their campuses, if they're a junior. Um, you know, so but no contact with kids at those events, that would be absolute craziness. <laughs> It'd be 25, 30 programs trying to right. vibe to, you know, spend time with one kid. Well, I always wonder what those settings are like because you always like sometimes there's like more than more than one court going on at the same time. So then you're just kind of like everyone's just kind of walking through the gym. So I always wonder, like, are, are people just kind of brushing up or not or how it works itself out? But um, I, I would say, like, being able to follow your staff, like it's it seems like it's important for you guys to be photographed there, to be visible, to make sure that you're at multiple different tournaments in one weekend who's doing that logistical planning for you um and helping you make sure you're at 
multiple different places, seeing multiple different kids. I know you said on the last podcast, maybe that like you want each coach to see a player live. Um, so like who's setting all that up? Uh, we don't care about being photographed <laughs> at the events. We were trying to get a good spot so we can get the best sight line. Nate likes to be up top at Peace Jam. I like to be on the court to hear what's going on. Uh, Coach Felton's a floater. Coach Simp uh, likes to sit behind the benches, you know, if if, if it's allowed. Um, logistically, it's it's all of us. Um, IJ Poole, our director of scouting, um, IJ and our graduate assistants do, do a great job with, um, you know, where should we be with based on getting those schedules getting those player schedules. Um, he does a great job with that. Um, you know, and then from there, once we see and know where everyone is playing and when they're playing, we'll, um, you know, decide how we'll move, uh, move around throughout the period. And, and ultimately though, a lot of this comes down to sort of uh, like sending a message to, to a kid, you know, if, if it were just Nate or Dwayne showing up, that's one thing, uh, you know, when you show up, it's a little bit more, but you know, when you have like an entire staff watching a kid, um, I almost think it's, you know, sort of like, you know, the program putting all their chips in and saying like, Hey, we're all here to see you. This is sending like a message. Like we really care about you. Is that, is that sort of, uh, would you say that's sort of true or, or. Yeah. yeah. No, that absolutely signals um, the level of priority you are. I remember, you know, at the DC Live event last year, Murray, we were all there for Devin and, and we did it many a times for Justin last season. Um, yeah, that absolutely is what it it signals. It's, you know, we're all in on you. You're, you're, you are our guy. And they both were. Um, from day one, Justin, from about week two, I mean, from day one, Devin, and from about week two, Justin, um, you know, we put all our eggs <laughs> In those two baskets paid off <laughs> yeah all right well yeah well that that's some great insight without getting you know into the nitty-gritty because I, I know that we can't discuss anybody in particular um even though we yeah. want to man all, yeah. all we want to do is ask about uh, individual players and this quite honestly like we didn't really follow recruiting um like that we, we did you know more casually and it wasn't always as ex as exciting but since bringing on David, I mean, somehow he knows where you're eating, what you're doing. I, I don't know how, um, but it's a lot more fun. And I know that our, our, our GMU uh, recruiting Twitter is a must follow for any Mason basketball fan out there right now. But I want to talk about a guy that Mason was in on early. When he came to campus, he was like pudgy and baby fat, must have been like 14 or 15 years old, like the first picture he took uh, with one of the Mason coaches. And that's Josh Aduro, a guy that Mason was on early, committed to us, went in the portal, came out the portal. It's almost like a recommitment to Mason, which is just like, once you get that, like you got to love a guy after that, if you're a fan. Um, and it's a guy that quite honestly, we got a chance to see live at Paul the Six. And then a guy that we knew and could see his skill sets were there his freshman year, he had uh, agility that most big men don't have their freshman year. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about Josh, Josh, give him his his time because he's deserving. Uh, we saw such growth from year two to year three. We don't know if that's uh, 
if that's based on the system, based on conditioning, based on just who the player he was always going to become, maybe is it a, com- a combo of all of the above? We're curious to have a little deep dive into Joshua Duro, not only his play so far, but his summer, uh, his workouts with NBA teams, um, pretty much just all information you can give us on Joshua Duro. Clearly a fan favorite, um, but let's just kick it off with just kind of his summer conditioning and and, and working out, uh, trying to impress, impress the NBA level at this point. Yeah, I could talk about him. Um, and we could spend an hour. I could talk about him from the first time I seen him on film when I was in Knoxville to my first time talking to him on the phone when I was in Knoxville to first time meeting him. And um, we've built a really, really deep relationship, strong relationship. Um, I love him like a little brother. And um I got really close with his family. Obviously, his younger brother Peter's on the team now. Um, he's special, you know, and it's all of the above as to why he's so special. Obviously, uh, this previous staff did a great job in evaluating him and working with him. Um, he has a, a personal trainer, uh, Darius Wilson, who's a 757 guy, but he's a Northern Virginia guy now. And they spent time working together in the summers, last summer, 5 a.m. every day, just building up his game and his stamina and his conditioning and his skill set and his skill level and extending his game to three. And um, this summer was obviously a continuation of that. And he knows that it, you know, if, if he wants to have a season like he wants to have last year, the work has to be more, it has to be greater. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be as much of a surprise. And not that he was a surprise to people, but I think he did surprise some people. He's going to be game plan for opening night at Auburn. Um, he he had a great summer maturing as a leader, um, you know, finding his voice, uh, being a good in- intermediary for all the new guys on the team. Uh, Josh is the voice of the team. He kind of... He's just such a good person. Like, I, 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 I literally can't find enough positive words to say about him. I thought the NBA process was um, good for him. And, and it was it, it was hard for me because I, I, I did not think after this past season that he was draftable. Um, but I could see how much he wanted to go through the process. And that is going to be incredibly valuable for him next spring, right? When he goes through the process again, hopefully for good. Um, So truthfully, after a season like he had with the concussion, with the knee tendonitis, with missing three games, with playing all the minutes he played, I mean, we rode him like a thoroughbred horse. And I hate hyperbole with young athletes, but we rode him. We rode him. And what he truly needed after the season was like three weeks off, uh, truly, you know, but he wanted to go through that process. So he did what he does. He works. He works incredibly hard and uh, it's going to pay dividends for him um, next spring when he goes through the NBA process again, hopefully uh, for the last time. And so let's, let's talk about that. What do you think he needs to do to get his game ready for the NBA, um, you know, to potentially be uh, a draftable prospect. Like, And does um, that, ca- I'm sorry, Chris, does no. that also counteract what you may want him to do to service 
our team? You know, like yeah. what, like, no. you know, how, how does that flow? No, you know, it's, it's two ways to look at it. You know, one is he can just be an absolute dominant college player, you know, doing what he does in the low post and with this high IQ and a good skill set. And an NBA team will probably give him a shot and then he'll have to turn himself into a legitimate NBA rotational player. The example to that is Grant Williams. Grant Williams in Tennessee, like, I don't know what the stat is, but it's like ridiculous to like what he, he like. He he's a great NBA three point shooter now, and he wasn't in college. In college, Grant Williams was Josh. He was a dominant low post player. wasn't super efficient stretching the floor, but high IQ, tough, physical, strong. Now winner. He was a two time two time SEC champion, um, two time SEC player of the year. And then once he got to the NBA. He developed his game into being able to guard on the perimeter, to being able to knock down the three. Um, so, like, that's to answer your question, right? If, if Josh is going to want to have a career in the NBA, and it's not about making it to the NBA, everything in our program is about what it's going to take to have a, to have a sustainable career. He's going to have to consistently and efficiently shoot the ball from three. He's going to have to be able to display that he can defend on the, the perimeter and down low. Um, and he's just going to – he just has to continue to be efficient and dominating the game. You know, he, he just has to be um, analytical darling with, with, with how dominant he is scoring the ball um, in the right ranges. So to, to Brian's point, though, earlier, um, like what the hell did you guys do to him to sort of unlock him from his sophomore to junior year? Because I, I even have a picture of him. You know, this is old Josh when we recruited him and, and pulled him in. You know, he was just, you know, just a young, you know, yeah, you don't want to say. We were even supposed he, to redshirt him, but then we couldn't because right. we had like an injury or something happened. So he ended up playing his freshman year, but he looked like a guy that could have benefited from a redshirt and then didn't. Um, like, so where? How, how did you guys unleash him? Like what, what, like, or, or I, and I understand that, you know, Josh put in the work and, and, and everything, but was there anything that you guys did to, to sort of uh, unleash, you know, him specifically outside of, you know, his own conditioning over the summer and. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I can't take, you know, all, we can't take all the credit. Obviously the previous staff did a great job in identifying him and getting him. I remember him from that takeover team, but he was playing behind Hunter Dickinson and Armando Baycott. So he was on the bench of a team that one piece jam, whatever year that was, um, they beat the Oakland soldiers. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's him. It's him. It's who he is. He's an incredible worker and he's really, really skilled. He worked hard in the weight room to transform his body. He's going to have to continue to do that. And one more thing to add to your point about what's it going to take to get to the league. He has to be in, he has to be in incredible shape. He has to be an elite condition athlete. Um, but when we got here, you know, we, we, we believed in him. And I, I, I do think that belief jive was something that was innately in his mind. I think Josh always thinks he's the best player on the floor. Um, and I do too. <laughs> you know, I, I did from day one. You know, we, in that St. Louis game, he was the yeah. best. I mean, I know Yuri Collins hit the shot, blah, blah, blah. And it was a great back and forth between good, really 
good players, but man, that was like a Oduro that like yeah. it just I can't like, think of, like he's here now. I can't think of many games he wasn't the best player on the floor. You know, maybe Davidson. They outplayed him. I, I really, even in losses now, I, I can't think of many games he, he wasn't the best player on the floor. Um, it, it's it's it, it's it's that belief. You know, we, we talked about it at nauseum, and I, I talked about all the eggs in one basket. I put all our eggs in the Joshua Duro basket. Um, but quickly, he, he let it be known that, that he wanted to be at Mason as well. You know, we walked into him being in the transfer portal and had to recruit against some other really good programs uh, to keep him. And really thankful and happy that he stayed. And um, I think he's happy that he stayed. And he's his maturation and growth will continue. Um, again, I said this, said it a bunch of times. I wouldn't trade him for another big man in the country. Love that. I think that can just kind of tie us into to, into your offseason workouts in general. I know players have their own guys that they're working with, but I'm curious about your offseason program, um, what you guys are doing. We, we're seeing you do like boxing classes, uh, track work. We saw we saw the guys chefing up in a cooking class. So I just want to kind of hear about you know, what you want to get out of the offseason. Uh, we know last year we, we saw the guys really hit the weight room pretty hard. Um, a lot of this is just kind of going up your Instagram and the players' Instagrams. Um, and this year it seems like more conditioning type stuff. I don't know if we're just not there or if there's been kind of shifts in focuses. So curious about your uh, summer 2022 program. Is it a little bit different than last year? Um, is it based on things that you learned from the team from last year and, and just kind of, you know, get into some of the funner things you're doing as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you got it, man. You, you, you're hitting the head on the nail, the nail on the head. It's uh, it's all of the above. I think, first of all, our, our strength coach, um, Robert Handyman, hey, he, he, he had a really good offseason with the guys. Um, looking at all the measurables right now um, and, and seeing where they actually step up, stack up when we look at the data from June 1st, where they all were, to whatever last Friday was, the 29th, seeing where they were, what are those run times. The NBA combine testing is like my baseline to see, you know, are they improving from June 1 to July 29? Where do they stack up against NBA guys at the same position, same height, so they know like what the target speed, height, jumps are. And how often will you do those those drills? We'll, we we end up doing it about four times a year. You know, do it. We'll do it in the mid fall. We'll do it uh, in the er, right after the season in the spring. We'll do it beginning of the summer and the end of the summer. And, you know, it's great if there are guys that are supposed to be losing weight, losing it, or guys that are supposed to be gaining it, gaining it. Are you gaining weight and, and increasing your, your, your run times, your speed times? Um, you know, we, we, we did some things in the summer. We ran a mile every Friday on the Mason track, and the goal was simple, beat your best mile time, which that was a, was a mental toughness deal. So this offseason has been, you know, a, a, a large part conditioning, um, a large part cohesion and camaraderie. Um, and just overall toughness, trying to improve it. 
the, the, the cohesion and camaraderie part, I think, are super, super, super important. And I don't think I really valued that as much last season as I do now and will continue to as we get to November 7th. Um, in this day and age with the transfers, with you know so many transfers, with transfers out. So, you know, like I said this before, you have a period of mourning a little bit. You know, you, you can, as a coach, you can decide a player's, it's best for him to go elsewhere. But um, but the players on that team <laughs> that stay, those are their brothers and they love them to death. So having those guys leave hurts them a little bit. Having new guys come in, it's it's it's, it's some adjusting to that. And coming off of two seasons, three seasons, two seasons, where they've been in isolation where they learn how to be by themselves and not spend time together. You know, we got to really fight to get the cohesion part, the team part back. Um, I just know the best teams I've been on, we, we, we've been incredibly connected off the court. Um, you know, so we, we have and we will continue to try to build that, try to build the accountability amongst each other, amongst the group. Um, you know, things we had to really – it was a hard summer. It was the most challenging summer of a lot of these guys' lives, even the older guys. Um, and I just wanted we 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 just wanted to make sure the response was them coming together to get through it uh, and and thrive in it. And to get specific to like the boxing, is that something that you're doing once a week? Is that something you did like a couple times? Is that you know, is that like? Are they ever sparring each other? Like, what is that kind of boxing workout look? I, I, I have gyms all around me, so I know it on a very basic level. Um, but, but is that a, something that you're doing routinely or just, just a couple times? Um, the boxing was, was this spring. We, 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 we did it in the spring. We did it once a week in Fairfax, title boxing. Um, you know, this summer we moved more uh, to the track for our once a week team workout slash mm, togetherness deal. Um, a lot of dinners together. Uh, the cooking class was in conjunction with our nutritionist trying to help the guys, you know, we do, we take them shopping. Um, and after you shop, what do you want to cook? What do you want to make? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's just about them being together and around each other and, and, just pushing the envelope to, you know, and, and learning, you know, how much you can do. We have one, and again, they're, they're young. They don't know. Like we, so we, 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 we run it. We ran a mile every Friday and we did like four or 500, 100 meter sprints. And I think a Mekinaji, uh twisted his ankle. I don't think he sprained it. He just twisted it the day before in practice. He couldn't finish practice, but I'm like, okay, get treatment after practice. Make sure you're up early tomorrow morning, get treatment tomorrow morning. We're going through the warm-up with Handy. And Emeka was like, Coach, I, I I don't think I can go. My ankle. I was like, your ankle? I was like, what did you do? You, you twisted it. You twisted it. He was like, yeah, yeah, it just hurts. I was like, we're running straight. <laughs> we're not, you're not turning. We're not playing basketball. You're just, you're just running straight. Like, you can run straight. 
on a twisted ankle. And he was like, I don't think I can. I'm like, man, you can do it. You can run straight on a twisted ankle. Like I'm telling you. And I, I, I wanted to show him a video of Isaiah Thomas, you know, in, in the playoffs or finals, whatever it was. And um, he started to run. You know, he, he may have finished last in a mile, but I'm like, okay, good. All right. And then we started running the the 100 meter sprints and they get, get really competitive. You want to finish in the top. And he won like he, in his, his heat, he split the team up and he like won like three of three of the five heats. And he was so excited, just that adrenaline of like, when you realize that, you know, your mind is so much stronger than your body, you know, leads you to believe. Um, so I thought that was a good teachable moment for him, you know, and that's, that's a big part of our, our program and what it's going to be. The ethos of the program is like, it's, um, you know, we just never go down, you know, like make me pull you off the court, you know? Hmm. Well, it's, to, to kind of get into some of those measurables that you're, you're doing with the team and um, you know uh, with the running and the boxing and every, like, can we get some maybe superlatives uh, out of the guys on the team? Who, who would you say is the best, you know, the track star, who's yeah, the best, who's the best cook and who's the best boxer. I, I think Malik is the best cook on the team. Really? He's uh, also jacked by the way. Like yeah, he went back and looked at pictures he blew of him. Up in the senior year of high school and yeah. and like Kenner posted a picture of him straight on at the foul line, whereas like traps are massive. Like he is <laughs> like, I might take him as like in a Royal rumble with the whole a 10. I may well, take Malik. Well, he, um, I would have taken Greg Jones from UMass if it was a year ago. Uh, but uh, he, um, superb. And I, I hate to put, pressure on a guy or anything no no telling what the season's going to look like but he had as good of a summer as i've seen he was really really good and effective on and off the court um you know de developed some post moves um worked incredibly hard played really hard he, he was he he had great growth and that was kind of my idea with the kenner is i kind of wanted to treat it like nba summer league i wanted the the rookies and i wanted the guys that i felt like needed some more you know, game time, Ronald, Blake Jones, Malik. I wanted them to get that time under a whistle. Um, I really didn't want Josh or, you know, Coop or Ticket to play, but I purposely never told them not to play. I just said who I wanted to play. And they were there all at like almost everyone's game. Almost the whole team was there each time. And when you, when basketball players are in the gym, they want to play. And Coop ended up playing Ticket, ended up playing VJ, ended up playing. I loved it. That I know, saw that, Ticket hit that. six straight threes. Yeah, six he, straight. He, <laughs> so. he came out the next game and made five. I was at the next game. But, uh, you know, Malik's the best cook. Malik's probably the most powerful boxer. Ticket, probably with the most skill. Uh, VJ Bailey is just a machine. Um, he never lost a sprint. Wow. He never lost a mile. Is it, is it between him and Blake with running? Is that what I'm Blake, no? Blake was good, but it's like a uh, <laughs> it's like a um it's like a cheetah versus a horse. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just yeah. VJ's speed is different. But Blake I saw Justin 
I saw Justin at Kenner and he showed like a quickness from maybe like foul line to foul line that like, yes, like I, I would have said, I, I was going to ask, is he one of the guys winning sprints? Because I like he was looking for a lob or the ball or something and he took off and it was like, it just like was like a light switch and he was on the other side of the court. I was wondering, is he up there in sprints as well? Uh, some, some days, some days he's a great athlete. He's a great athlete. He, uh, and he, he's best in the open court for sure. Yeah. So we had, we, we got our superlatives. Um, and I think, you know, we got to We got to keep it moving. Jones, do you want to hit on yeah. anything else uh, from workouts or can we move on to the meat uh, of the out of conference schedule? Yeah, let's move to the uh, out-of-conference schedule. I mean, so a, a lot of teams right now are, are dropping their their graphics. They, they've got their schedule set. Um, you know, are, are we close to finalizing ours? I know it could be tricky. Uh, teams kind of go in and out, uh, you know. And we know you want to play good talent. Like, yeah. we, had, uh, we don't want to talk about previous regimes too much, but the focus wasn't always, the, you know, we would start three games and be like, who are we playing? So, like does that also add into the difficulty of convincing a team to play us? Yeah, it's, it's hard scheduling that at Mason is it's been really difficult. Um, it's been really difficult because of how we want to schedule, you know, again, we could just buy seven teams and play an MTE and, you know, but we, 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 because it's, it's really hard to get home and homes right now. You know, you have to know who you are and scheduling, you know, we're, we're in a, uh, tough middle ground, right? We're not a top 50 Ken Palm teams where teams don't fear the loss. You know, we're number one, 13 in Ken Palm. Uh, we're not a crappy team where every, you know, a team will be jumping up to bias. We were two and one in our bye games last year, beat Maryland, beat Georgia, um, and um, lose by nine at Kansas. Um so it's, it's tough. And, it's and tough. so that's that scares teams, right? Like they see what happened to Maryland. They're they're like, I don't want any part of that. Like yeah, Maryland. You know, I mean, that <laughs> Maryland win. <laughs> yeah, that might have hurt us more than it helped. Like, it, we'll take it. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it. it does. It does create a challenge. You know. You know. So when we get teams like Auburn willing to step up and do it, you got to do it, no matter when the date is. You got to get that game. It's a yeah. great quad one game. Um, uh, against an SEC champion, you 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 take that that game. You know, we we we've had a team back out here. Our schedule would have been released. We had a team back out here um, a week ago or so, and um, so we're looking for a, a game. Does that happen? Every like, once that... in a while. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Well, one thing I know that you, uh, I think, talked about, it was on Twitter, and uh, I think we went back and forth. Uh, this was like a long time ago, but uh, I think you were attempting to sort of um, establish sort of what Philadelphia has with the the big five, but establishing something in the DMV where, you know, you can rely, like every year get some combination of Maryland, Georgetown, George Washington, you know, Mason, Howard, AU, some sort of combination of those teams playing. Uh, like, what, what, what is your thought on, on scheduling DMV opponents and, and how important is that for sort of brand recognition and, and kind of just getting like market share in the DMV? Like, 
Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, that would be really cool, but it has to make sense for the other programs. Um, obviously, you know, we'd love to do it, you know, but it, it it's not necessarily what's best for um, right the Big East and the ACC right now, especially when you know the 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 Big East is going to, I mean, the the Big Ten is going to, however many games when they add um, these Pac-12 teams those guys get 20 league games. They get the big 10 ACC challenge. They get their MTE. Like they get a couple of, they, they don't need to have opportunities where they can have a potentially bad loss. Right. So that's, um, that's, it's, it's just the landscape of what it is. So one to answer your question. Yes. That would be amazing if we could play Howard, uh, GW, uh, Maryland, Georgetown every year, American, that, that, that would be great. The big, the, the, the big five was founded in 1955. You know, um, it was the landscape of college basketball was a lot different back then. Right. You know, and, and, and it barely makes sense anymore, right? Like you have Villanova and then everybody else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a like, great, it's a great, it's a great thing for basketball fans in Philadelphia. I yeah. think it's a great thing for the fans of those programs, for, for the players of those programs to be a part of uh, such a historic thing. Um, is it something that is it something that you've worked on? I mean, it it will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it will never happen. Okay, perfect. Um, when do you first see the the schedule dropping? Um, is there anything that you can tell us now um, that we don't know? Um, we got to shoot our shot. No, I mean we open up with Auburn. You know, now we're gonna have a really we're gonna have a good season opener. Um, you know, it won't be a, a a name that you you know it's not like a, a high major program but it's going to be a really good basketball team um most likely a team that played in the ncaa tournament last season perfect um, nice. you know and we'll be at the top of their league this year um we're close to having a game done in chicago against a good team from the aac um and the boston college game will be great they have a lot of talent they coach grant has done a great job building that roster very quickly um i think it's buffalo or wyoming the next game after that you know so we're gonna have some really good you know obviously we go to old dominion a team that beat us last season um that's a win we want yeah like we we, <laughs> we, we want that one I want them all, but like you know, obviously twenty points. Like we want to smash them. I want. I want to win. We didn't have. Who did we have that game? We didn't have Xavier Johnson that game, and maybe Deshaun because of COVID. I don't remember. But well, well, to to kind of go back to those COVID reschedule games. So like mid year last year, you were able to like get Wisconsin on a whim, and then obviously like Kansas. Um, does does that sort of do you have like a similar way of scheduling, um, you know, whenever you're allotted the, the summer to sort of do the, the out of conference scheduling, is it the same or, or it, because there was a pinch, you were able to kind of. Yeah. It's, put it's a, so the, the, those games 
probably don't happen unless of the circumstance with with, with COVID. Yeah. Um, and it's very easy to find those games because you just look at a schedule and see who lost the game this date. Okay, we're looking, you know, so. But again, it's we want to build. It's Mason's an Atlantic 10 program. We want to build this thing into a program that's competing for an at-large spot every year. Um, the way you get our at-large spot is by, you know, you know, playing and winning your games, but getting a chance to hook it up against quad one opponents. We don't get many of those in league. So ways you can get them out of league, you do it, you know, on a neutral, on their court. I thought the Wisconsin game and the Kansas game were great for us. You know, we went from, you know, Coppin State. So we'll make up that Coppin State game this year. But, you know, we lose. We couldn't play Coppin State because of COVID. And we go play, you know, two of the best teams in the country. Tried to play two of the best teams in the country. I think Coppin State at the time had like two wins when we were about to play them. I just yeah, remember they're just dangerous. They- they're a dangerous team. They 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 shoot and make a ton of threes. And and, and their record, I mean that they're what they do traveling is it's, it's ridiculous, honestly, what the HBCUs have to do just to get funding. You know, it's it's not healthy for the players to travel as much as they travel out. So I like when they get to play a game that it's it's just a bus ride. They don't have to fly to Seattle, Washington, or, or, mm. or Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, but they they if if they they shoot a lot of threes. So I mean if, if they make them, they're uh, they're I'm not looking at their record when we play Coppin. And they I used to, Sam Sessom. I mean they, 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 they have a Penn yeah. State point guard. They have a Big Ten point guard on their team. So they're they're it's a, a talented group. Yeah, I used to uh... I used to coach and I still help out. Like I'll go scout for them, their opponents, but I used to coach at West Potomac high school and the head coach there still there has been there for 15 years, um, played on the Coppin state team. Um, David Houston played on that team that I think is a 15 seed. They won the first round game. Yeah. Um, so, beat Iowa state. Yeah. yeah and I was, uh, so he's pretty much taught me everything I know about basketball. I, I, I started, teaching and coaching at like 23 and did it for five years. Um, and be- before that, I just kind of casually played and man, he taught me so much, uh, not even just about high school basketball, but about taking it from high school to, to college. He was able to go from public school to, to a Coppin state. Um, so just kind of talking about that and why he's so driven to work that public, that public school sector, even though he could be an AAU coach or AAU coach that's doing this or that, or he could be, at a local private school, but just like he wants to be at a public school, working with the kids who don't necessarily have the opportunities to go play elsewhere. So um, it's funny that funny that we're, we're, we got talking about Coppin State. And just a shout out to to my guy David Houston. Um, I wanted to kind of to jump into. Uh, well, well, I, I just had I had one last question about the schedule. Uh, I, I and I just wanted to get your insight, Coach, uh, on the um, the conference schedule. Were you? Were you a, a tad disappointed with with how that sh- shook out? Like, I mean, understandably, like you're going to play a a ten teams and, and they're going to be great, but you know, but to the not way get BCU at home and to, a couple to, other yeah. opponents, is yeah, that something that, that you have to earn, or is it like, hey, a ten, can you can you do better? No, I think it's uh, again. I, I understand the, the scheduling model. Um, I think we may have the second toughest schedule in the league for like Dayton. They had the toughest. Obviously, you want 
to get, you know, one of your rival, rivals, VCU at home, um, a great program. Again, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it, it presents a great opportunity, you know, for us, you know, to play. It's a tough road schedule for sure. Which is a good opportunity for you to play quality road games, which are going to be quad two or quad one games on the road is good. And it's like, I mean, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking for an easy road. Um, well, the know. home home stand looks pretty, you know, favorable, <laughs> I guess, in that respect. I mean, at least with the, the, the teams that are scheduled to come to Eagle bank. I mean, I, if you're trying to build momentum, I think they're at least, you know, for a silver lining, you know, I, I feel like we have, um, you know, easier ish opponents coming to Eagle bank. So I, I, I but yes, you, you want some bigger names, I guess, to, you know, help with crowds and, you know, make but, sure I'm not on record saying we have easier ish. No, 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 that's me. That's, that's all me. We have, uh, we, I, I have great respect. <laughs> and honestly, this league, has changed so much. Fordham has taken a step up. Uh, LaSalle has new leadership. UMass has new leadership. Rhode Island with new leadership. Um, You know, a new team, a new program, an elite program. Loyola Chicago, a perennial top 50 um, Kim Palm team the last four or five years or so. You know, so... um, I've not thought that far yet, you know, schedule, you know, what, what we're going to encounter in the league. We got 12 non-conference games. We got two. We have, <laughs> we have three weeks for them to be home and recover. And then we have our fall and then we have practice and then we'll get to 30 or we'll get a fall workouts. Then we'll get to 30 days before November 7th. We'll have practice. And then we'll have two exhibition games, two scrimmages, sorry, two private scrimmages. And then we'll, get to, you know, trying to win one game in Auburn, Alabama on November 7th. As you've learned from us already through a couple podcasts, we like to, we're, we like to uh, get into midseason form right now. You know, we're not, we're not practicing. I'm not out there running sprints. I'm not out there recruiting. So we're talking starting lineups every single day. And that <laughs> makes me want to get into like, uh, we really do. Like we talk, like, you know, Liam went to a practice all of a sudden he's like, start thinking about how, what lineups he would like. We don't, we're, we're not even just think, talking about starters. We're like, what lineups intrigue us? Like, I would love to see Dinkins and Saquon play together. That's just me. I don't know if that's what other people want, but I like, uh, I think something that Mason's kind of done well under Paulson was had like a kind of two guys that could handle the ball at the same time, whether it was Otis and Marquise or uh, just different, different guys being able to play point guard. So seeing that kind of, a Saquon and Polite or a Saquon and Dinkins gets me excited. But I want to, you know, speaking of Polite, I want to talk about three or four guys um, quick. You know, we don't have to go too too in-depth on them, but curious of their progress, curious about where they fit in, um, curious about what you've seen from them. I want to start with Ticket. I saw him at Kenner. Um, kind of more of the same as I saw in the season uh, took and hit a bunch of threes, which isn't a bad thing. Like, <laughs> no, no, but like, I, I think he was 17 for 25. The last time I checked the stats, uh, from the three point line, super impressive. Um, guys were in his face. He wasn't just hitting open jumpers. He was 
take and, and he hit them from all. It wasn't just corner threes, um, but also had a couple plays at, at the half court line on defense where I was like, God, man, this guy, like sometimes his length sneaks up on you. So curious about Ticket. I know we talked about maybe getting him into that three spot a little bit more, but just curious on uh, on his growth. You've obviously seen him for a while, but curious of what we want from him in his next season, not really talking about his past. Yeah, I'm, I thought he had a really good summer. And, and I mean, that's like, if you could put a quote on a coach's tombstone, it would be, I think he had a really good summer. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, but he he did. I'll, I'll put it on mine. He he did a really good summer. Um, his body, he's grown so much. I mean, I looked at a picture of him. The first picture he took when he walked on campus at Tennessee to today. Um, he's grown so much. He's getting stronger. Um, you know, he needed some rest. I mean, Ticket went from playing no minutes in two seasons at Tennessee to playing thirty plus minutes a game at the four being 170 some pounds. So his decline, I guess, from an efficiency standpoint at the end of the season, I attribute it to workload. And I take a lot of the blame for that, you know, just because I didn't trust our bench um, as much as I probably should have, honestly. I just, um, so our guys were done. They were dead, tired. Deshaun, Coop, Ticket, Josh had nothing. You know, 30 plus minutes a game, you know, um, with the speed in which we want to play. We didn't play as fast as we will when we have more depth, um, you know, but the speed in which we wanted to play. So that enables the speed in which we practice, the physicality in which we play, um, you know, how aggressive we are, defensive rebound the ball, the physical we are, defensive rebound the ball. That was a lot for ticket. It was a, it was a, it was a huge load and he emptied his tank and he gave everything he has and he had he gave everything he had um i'm excited for him uh to be able to play less minutes this season because of our improved depth i'm excited for him to you know be fresher playing those minutes at the four and be, and, and being able to play some three um he's had success at, at both spots this summer um he had success at the five for us at kansas when josh was out early with foul trouble is he uh, ahead, I, I was just going to say, is it safe to say that Ticket's just flat out the like best shooter on the team? I mean, and, and it's weird to say with, you know, he he shot what uh, he had three total three pointers uh, at Tennessee and then to come here and shoot 41 last year. Would you say like if, if you need, you know, a, a bucket late, like three points, are you going to be relying on him, you know, no, I don't. Th I mean, he's a great shooter. I think Coop is a like a fantastic shooter. Mm. Um, you know, he, he shot. I think he shot a better percentage than Ticket, and he took yeah. a ton more. Uh, VJ Bailey's a really good shooter. Um, you know, despite his percentages from last season, he he does a drill with Nate every day, and he make has to. He started with three in a row. He has to make three in a row from seven spots. Um, he's up to eight. He made eight in a row from seven spots yesterday was, I think he was like 110 for 120 um, from three the other day. Uh, Devin Dinkins is a really good shooter. Jess Fernandez is a really good shooter. Um, am I missing anyone? Ticket just has like, I, maybe that's part of his length. He just has such a high release. Like I feel like even with a guy in his face, he is getting that shot off. 
No, he's a really good like... three point shooter. He's he's a really good three point shooter. I think I feel like he's always has been. There's there hasn't been many mechanical flaws. It was just about the confidence with him, knowing that you know he's put the work in. Now it's time to get in the game and do it. Um, yeah, and yeah. playing and, court helps a lot too. And, and and here I was thinking like last year maybe like an anomaly or, or you know maybe it was Schwartz. You know that was helping like you know we we broke the all time three point shooting record. But do, are you fully expecting to even surpass last year? Uh, you know, with three pointers made, is, is that sort of a, a goal? I, I, I hope so because we will play two more games um, than we did last season. Uh, hopefully, more than two more games if we don't get bumped in the first round of the conference tournament. Um, uh, but no, we're we're gonna we we value the three point shot. It's no, it's it's no accident. And I mean, we could have taken a lot more <laughs> when I watch a film and when I crunch the numbers we still took a little too many um, mid-range jump shots you know when the numbers just say it I mean rest Josh in peace was a seven he was a I think he was like 72 percent hit rate at the rim or maybe 69 he was shooting 69 percent at the rim I think he finished 29 percent from three um you know, let me just quick math real quick, just to, you know, his his 29% from three is 0.87 points per possession. His, I think he was something like 32% uh, from two is, 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 is 0.64. So like even there, like even there, like we left points on the board you know, because we didn't, you know, create the right shots enough. Our, our shot quality was a lot better. You know, and I, was, I, I use the term better loosely. You know, we, we shot a higher percentage of threes and layups than the team, right, right before our guys. So they we we got their, their, their minds thinking like us a little bit, but it can even take take another step. Love that. I'm curious, with, and before we move on to Cooper, um, Ticket can shoot the three, can, can grab boards. Is he a guy that's, that, that is going to take another step and be able to have some dribble, dribble penetration to his game? Is that something that he, he's working on now, or is it like these are the things you do well, let's focus on that? Um, I'd be interested, interested to see if, if, if he's working on a couple moves that, that frees up some extra space and get them to the bucket more. Yeah, just not not necessarily working on moves off the dribble. You know, that's it's 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 just we just want to create long closeouts and let him do whatever the game tells him to do. You know, I, I think I, I trust him driving the ball off a closeout. You know, we drew up plays for him to get to the rim, getting downhill to his left hand last season. It was he was pretty successful um, uh, doing it. Uh, so yeah, Cooper, a guy that. Old um, man you've talked, you've talked about him a lot publicly on the, on the coaches show. Um, just recently on Instagram, you, you talked you talked about him closing out. You know, so I think we get good insight on him. The older guy got a chance to watch him play at a previous college, um, and got a ton of minutes with us last year. Um, there's more competition around his position now, I would say, than last year. So wondering what his growth looks like. He's a guy that. When coming in, I mentally thought 
he could play some point guard sometimes. He could handle like some bringing the ball up. Is that the fact that we didn't see a lot of that? Is that because he filled a role and played a lot of minutes and was our shooting pure shooting guard? Is that something that he can do a little bit of and we didn't see enough of? Where can Cooper's game go? We know he was a great three-point shooter. What's next? Yeah, I think he can. I don't think we'll need him to play much point this season with, you know, Devin, Devin Ronald, and Saquon. Um, you know, but he can. He's a, he's a scorer. He's a thick, strong scorer. He's lost some weight. He was played last season at 205-ish. He got down to 196 this summer, and he's hovering around 199, 201 right now. Uh, he's in, in his, his, his conditioning has improved a lot, and that's going to be a, a big point of focus is to continue to improve his his conditioning and win so he can see how long he can go. But, um, no, he's going he's gonna to have a huge role. He's going to have as big a role as anyone on this team. Oh. And he's eating Good a lot info. of tuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out tuna. the can. Yeah. Um, and same question for him. And I'm probably going to get the same answer, but didn't see as much get into the bucket as I thought I would see from him. You know, I know there's an emphasis on shooting threes, but there's also emphasis on scoring around the rim. Is he a or guy drawing fouls, can, you know? Right. Which he didn't do a ton of. Is he a guy that same kind of question is, uh, you know, just kind of burned out? Or did the opportunity not present itself with him where people packing the paint on us more so? Like, we, will he be a guy that can, that can get some more points around the rim? Yeah, I think with better conditioning and, um, you know, better ball security, we can get a lot of that. You know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. We didn't get a drive or a shot because we turned a ball over at such a disappointing rate. Um Again, I I expect him to take a step forward in that regard. Um, I do think he has the ability to, to 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 play off drives more and and finish at the rim. And he displayed that some. He'll just get. He'll just 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 hopefully continue to to improve. Something you talk about, and you talked about in the last season when bringing in um, transfer portal guys and new recruits is. You talked about unleashing them. And so that's why I'm asking about – that's kind of why I'm talking about Ticket and Coop because you've had them for a year. Ticket obviously you had for longer. But as a role of playing him and your guy and you, on your team, he was new. And so that's why I'm asking about their next step because, you, you know, you speak about unleashing them. And I wonder, in guys like Ticket and Coop, were they unleashed? Or is there – can we see more to their game? Or are we going to see, like – an evolution of what they already kind of did well. I guess that's kind of what I'm yeah, trying to you know, ask. I think I, I expect to see better efficiency and, and better production from all the guys. Uh, but I'd like to unleash our team, to tell you the truth. You know, uh, less of the individual uh, focus and more of the collective um, execution and winning plays and having each other's back and you know, displays of toughness. Um, yeah, the in, the individual component is important, but um, I, I care much more about unleashing our team um, and, uh, you know, getting over the hump. You know, we're, we, 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 uh, we lost 11 games by two possessions. 
right? seven games by one possession. Um, you know, I care much more about uh, sprinting back and transition defense to stop one layup or closing out with a high hand to take away a three-point shot versus a shooter or making one or two free throws to ice a game or having one or two less turnovers to win a game. I care much more. We all care much more about seeing those things start to happen than the individual aspect of one's game. If that makes Blake, sense. Blake, yep, I, I got it. And, and when we want it unleashed too. I mean, we, you know, like, you know, I'm not sure what that looks like. And that's something that we're actually going to get to you on episode three. So we can just kind of bypass it for now. Blake Jones. His, his, the forward center, power forward center position group has gained competition. Also kept Malik, uh, just, uh, you know, obviously brought in a, a transfer, some young guys as well. Where is Blake Jones fit in? I mean, I'll never forget and Maryland when he hit the corner three and shushed fans. It's like going to be like, I don't know, like for fans, it's going to be in my mind for like the rest of my life. So he already set a tone. You know, he was a fan favorite from that Maryland game on. Like that's just reality. Of course, people are going to critique him this way or that way, but he gained fans that day. And, you know, he had high praise uh, from the staff coming in here. Curious where his game is at now. Um, is he a guy that, you know, he was a guy last year that kind of moved around, fit in where he needed to fit in. I'm curious, you know, who Blake Jones is today and where does he fit into this current roster? Yeah, he's um, he's gotten a lot stronger in the weight room. He's uh, he's continued to work on his game and continue to improve and get his shot where we know it can be. Uh, but the thing about Blake is he just he just knows how to play. Um, he played the three, four, or the five fours this season. He just understands the flow of the game, the movement of the ball, the rotation. He's unselfish. Um, when Americans learn the game as players, they generally learn it um, as an individual, individually dribbling, individually shooting, finishing, driving, defending one on one. Um, when you get into international competition and the international development of the game, from the beginning, they learn the game uh, to be played as a group. So Blake has huge advantages when it comes to that regard. He just thinks the game like a teammate. And it, it's, it's why he played, you know, Blake, even though his numbers may not have said it, we were a much more efficient group when he was on the court. Um, if you want to look at plus minus, which can be a little deceiving. If you want to look at our offensive rating when he was on the court, when you want to look at our defensive rating when he was on the court. It for, and sometimes you, you can't, like, you know, explain it as a coach. But, you know, you have to respect it. Uh, and, and my answer, my explanation to it is he just knows how to play. And finally, um, you know, one guy we always had, you know, high hope for, and, um, you know, we get to get, you know, uh, you know, sneak peek here and there, but, uh, you know, we've, we haven't really seen the consistency yet, but Ronald polite, uh, you know, dealing with some injuries, but 
you know, he's, he was able to come back. You know, we recently saw a picture uploaded uh, with his vertical. He looked like he was jumping 40 inches off the ground. Um, where, where do you see Ronald Plight, you know, uh, you know, fitting in, how do you, how do you want to utilize Ronald Pol- Ronnie's, uh, you know, strengths as a player? Um, you know, have you seen him progress this off season? Um, you know, are, are you expecting big things from him this year? And, you know, e- even I'm like rocking Ronald Polite, you know, number one right now, like, <laughs> let's get on. Uh, you know, I, I'm ready for him. Like, so, so like, what, what should we expect? Um, I, 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 I think, having patience with Ron has been important. Um, he had a really good senior season in high school and then the pandemic hit. Uh, he didn't get to have a freshman summer, which led to an injury riddled freshman year. Uh, you know, he loses his coach. He has a new coach. He has hip surgery. You know, he's trying to fight through that rehab and get to play like live action. Like, so I have great sympathy and patience for what he's been through, what that can be mentally for him. You know, I couldn't imagine how frustrating that would be trying to recover for an injury and want to help your team play. Um, You know, we don't beat, we don't win at Georgia. We don't beat American, you know, if it wasn't for him, um, when he's on the court, he does things that I just trust. Um, put it on my tombstone. He's had a really good summer. <laughs> uh, he has had an impressive counter. Like, you know, a, a lot of yeah. people are, are pointing out that he he's he put up 20-plus points in a game. So, yeah. I mean, well, he gets to the basket in ways that, like, I personally am looking for. Like, I keep asking about it. Uh, he finds himself just kind of getting to the rim. You know, what he does at that point, you know, we'll find out. I think the jury's still out there, but, um, you know, we're curious, like, yeah, where is, what, what's the evolution of his game? Yeah, he's good. I mean, we have, we have really good competition at point guard. Um, Devin, Saquon, Ronald, um, they went at each other all summer. Um, you know, spring will be further togetherness and, you know, you know, learning and, implementation of our principles and the way we want to play and then when practice starts they'll they'll hook it up and see who see who's going to be um you know but i feel really good about those three at point guard i think we're ready to move on we're we're, we're approaching an hour here we got one last question for you um we're looking at you know last season as, as a review point at this point not to get kind of too into the weeds of last season. Um, but we're curious about how you kind of laid out last season and what you wanted to do differently because of it. You've already mentioned camaraderie as one thing, um, making it a team. I'm curious if there's others. And then also, you know, you, the coaching staff obviously has to look at the season to decide was it a success or not? How do you rate that last year and then going into next year what will make it what how are you weighing the season out I know you're saying you're not thinking about it quite yet I understand that you're in August 1st you have a lot of things that are coming up but the season has started you're you're preparing for this upcoming season what 
is a successful season and how are you weighing it against last year if you do at all i mean a successful season is us um you know competing for a, a championship in the atlantic 10 conference and uh playing in the ncaa tournament you know if, if, if we don't do one of those two things it's not a successful season in my eyes um now that, that in, in the first year and taking over a program that there's some things that you want to establish. Um, and we did that, you know, our guys work incredibly hard on their games. Our guys are, they're, they're, they're great guys off the court. You know, our, 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 our footprint has been put on, on, on the overall culture of the program. It needs to take another step in the category of toughness. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's something we think we addressed in, um, the signing of the guys we signed. Um, I feel like we we won the war of attrition uh, for sure. We didn't lose uh, anyone we didn't want to lose. Um, but no, we, you, know, you, know, you know, us not being a top 100 team, us not being a, us not being a top 75 team, us not um, competing for a championship in our league, um, you know, us losing the close games we lost, we want to flip those. You know, we want to flip that one point at GW to a win. That, those three points at James Madison to a win. Those that 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 four points against South Dakota State. That one point against or two points against Washington. Those five points against LaSalle. Those two points against St. Louis. You know those five points, those three points against Fordham, those six points at VCU. We want to flip those to wins. Um, and then it might have been a successful season, you know, but no, 6-11, two possession games, no, that wasn't a success. And do you feel, do you feel the pressure? Because you're, you're new to the Northern Virginia area. I know you have roots in the DMV. Do you feel the pressure to beat the ODUs, the JMUs, the GWs, the the more local appointments, our old school rivalries? Do you personally feel that pressure? I don't know if the base makes you feel it. Um, if I don't just kind feel of like pressure is the right word. I really want to win those games. Um, I really want to win those games. I don't think pressure is the right word. I didn't feel the pressure to beat Kansas in college. Um, you really want to win those games. You know, we really wanted to beat Maryland. I wouldn't call it pressure. Uh, we really wanted to win those games. Um, so that's, 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 that's really important. It's fair to say that you want to win every game, you know, like there's no games you no. set to lose. No, no. So, but, no. but, but you don't feel regional like games obviously have a different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maryland, I get it, but I just want like that JMU, like that's a rivalry to us. There's like stories about, you know, like go back years and years. Um, and I'm wondering if the base makes you feel that at all with like a non-conference JMU. No, I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. And we need to do a better job of that. You know, I think that's something that like you talk to a bunch of fans. It's like we really care about those games. And it makes no sense now in this current landscape. But based on like our fandom over. As much decades, as you care about those games, I don't think you care more than the players. Yeah, that's a uh, good point. So, and, and, and I don't think pressure is the right. I mean, yeah, you want to want to win really, really, really bad. Um, but I, I don't I'm not sure if pressure is the, the right word.
Perfect. Right. I think we got. I, I think I think we got through everything that we have on our agenda. Chris, do you have anything left while we have Coach? I mean, we're pushing Coach yeah. into ten twenty at night. He's got kids. <laughs> He's got to be busy. No, I get it. Yeah, no, I, and and everyone's you know home and doing their own thing. The player like Josh, you know, he's. Uh, I don't know what island he's at, but yeah, he's on vacation, tickets at home. So so everyone's just kind of uh, doing their own thing. W- when does everybody report back? Is, is it just like when they start a school late well, Josh, August? Thankfully, Josh has to report back home. So uh, he'll be back on the 7th. Uh, ticket will be back a little bit before. They, they the, All the older guys, they're moving off campus for the first time. So they, they all Uh-oh. move to their new Uh-oh. date on the 19th. Uh-oh. Where, are, where, they like, where, are, oh, yeah, are they like? Yeah, where is that? Yeah. House? I can't yeah. tell you. I can't tell you that they're, they're, where they lay, lay, lay their heads, but they'll be living. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find know. out. I don't like. I don't know if I've like Mike Moe and Ryan Pearson were having babies in the dorm. You know, like I don't know. Like I don't know if we know. I don't know if we know uh, players to move off campus. Um, so. Not often. They're usually in like Potomac or no. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an interesting tidbit. Our old guys are going to step out into the world and learn some responsibility, how to pay rent. And we do we do have an older team. Like if you look across. Very. The, like, yeah, like we're looking at potential starting lineups and they could be like average age of like 24 or like 23. <laughs> so yeah. – like uh, I, I'm excited to see that, and that's something that we're going to address with you in episode three. Remember, everyone, this is a second edition um, of Talk with Us with Coach English. Uh, you know, we hopped into recruiting. That was awesome to get your insight on that. Got to do a deep dive into Josh Oduro, uh, danced around the returning players, and, and talked some out of conference scheduling. Uh, we're looking forward to it. A uh, last year coach. I asked you if we could break a uh, jersey drop, and we didn't get that opportunity. I would love to break a jersey drop, like an alternate jersey. I mean, we might not get one. Could, oh, we got some new fresh. We got some new oh. freshmen for this season. <laughs> okay. hey, let's do. We don't need like you know. I understand you want to break it on your own. I understand the the Mason hoops or the, the Mason uh, um, Twitter handle wants those clicks, but if we can break something. Of either shoes people are rocking or a new jersey, we would yeah, or it. just a color. Like, could we, are we getting a gold? <laughs> are we getting a black? Like, just new blacks, just... some new blacks. Ooh, new blacks. Okay, okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. All right, coach, we appreciate your time. Uh, we'll set you up with a, with a third episode here. And uh, you thanks guys for broke guys the uh, come... you guys broke the one shining moment GMU experience. Uh, you guys broke that. So that was a that was a great break. And we loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, again, Coach, uh, this is something super unique that uh, not every program uh, has independent bloggers and, and podcasters having the head coach spend an hour multiple times. So, again, appreciate you um, and everything you do, especially having uh, Liam at, at practice. He just dropped a dope video today. Um, yeah. So just all the access we're getting, uh, I can tell you that our fans appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.